You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I've tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH-balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. My eyelash is literally flattered. I heard that right in my ear. Um, Okay, so we have another guest. Hello, hello. Hey. Hello, hello. We have another guest this week. Yes, we do. A very important guest. Very important. Um, We have an executive director important. Wow, damn. Do I feel like I'm so good. I'm going to mess up her life. I almost said Dublé. Don't don't do it. Carolyn Dublé. No, Dubé. I told you I'd mess it up. There's no L. Carolyn Dubé. Should we start this over again so it no, doesn't sound like we are not. totally unprepared because for this? Because we literally just spoke no. to her five seconds before and I was like, no problem, Dubé, Dubé, Dubé. And then I made the Dubé. boop. The boop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so oh sorry. My God. And it's literally right in front of us. Like, it's the Exante Goo. There's an Exante Goo. Hi, Carolyn. Dubé. How are you doing? Carolyn Dubé. 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 And I'll be Dubé. I'll do anything. Yes. Do you know Michael? Blue, 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 blue. So okay. Carolyn Dubé is the executive director of Fertility Matters. Carolyn, can you describe to us what Fertility Matters as an organization is? Yeah, I'd love to. So Brittany and Ryan, thank you so much for having us on tonight. I um, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Um, so Fertility Matters Canada is a national charity and we provide support, education, resources, and advocacy to anybody who's struggling to build their family, primarily due to infertility. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you may not know, there's about 5.5 million Canadians who are actually affected by infertility or wow. struggle to build their family Holy for geez. a number of different reasons. That's a lot. Um, and it's probably sh- a bit shocking to you, that number. That's yeah. more than 10% um, of our population. I see yeah, how you did that quick 16%. math there. Yeah, Holy geez. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yeah, it's quite prevalent. So we're the only organization in Canada that provides this type of support and resource. So um, I'm thrilled to be here to talk to you and talk to your audience a little bit about uh, the work that we do and how they can find yeah. support if they need it. I'm, okay. f- I'm flabbergasted by that number. Flabber. Flabbergasted. That's quite high. 16%. That's insanely high. I know. But I think, well, we'll get into it after. But before we get into all of that, um, you've told us that you've listened to our podcast a couple of times. So you know that we're going to ask you our question. Do you have any prepared of I love you and you're you're annoying? We want to hear all the good stuff about your husband, Brian. Yes. But mostly the annoying stuff. Like I want to hear the annoying stuff. By the good stuff, I don't mean the good stuff. We don't care. Let's be clear. We know you like him. We want to know what's annoying. I like him. And I do love him. So what is annoying Um, about Brian this week? Well, you know, I have been part of starting this. I woke up in December and said, I'm going to start being more organized in the mornings. We've got three young kids and mm-hmm. life is hectic. Um, I work full time. Brian's a shift worker. He's a firefighter. And uh, so life in the mornings can be a little hectic. And so I've been preparing everything the night before, organizing the kitchen and getting lunches ready. And so that when mm-hmm. everybody wakes up at 6.15 or so, Life's good. Right. But there are mornings when the kids have been up multiple times or I've been up late for whatever reason and I sleep in. Yeah. And Brian will get up and he's good. He'll make a breakfast. And it's just the last sort of 10% of things that don't get accomplished. Like it's the extras. Yes. It's just that little extra that I typically would do. And yeah. on the mornings that I'm not prepared and don't do it. So I love him. But that's annoying. This week, I was like, oh, my God. It's like one of those things where when... That 10% kills you every time. But it's weird. We need a checklist for. We do, like, predominantly, I think moms take the rule of those things. Like, say we go to the park, right? A mom brings her backpack, 45 snacks, three water bottles, you know, um, games, just in case shit gets boring. And then Mm -hmm. dad is like, let's go. And he has him and the kids. You know, right. And then he's like, well, if we're hungry, we'll we'll stop at Tim Hortons. But like Mm -hmm. there isn't that, oh, somebody pooped their pants. Go get a leaf. Like, I feel like there's just not that that mental awareness isn't it's it's not normal. Right. Like they have to think about that where it's just, I think, innate. You know what? I will say that that's probably for most couples. Mm -hmm. That's probably accurate for us. That's extremely accurate. accurate. Um, and I, and I think that that's why men sleep better at night than women, because you guys think about these things it's so all true. the time. You guys are just like, I'm so tired. And I know my, my wife will remember all the things. If we're going, so- to, the, if we're going to the park at 10 o'clock, you know what I think about? What? Going to the park at 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah, it's true. That's yeah. it. You're like, what's the weather? Because I know that whatever happens at the park will pivot. And we'll, we'll, and we'll move forward. Anyway, I get, I get, I get your frustration because mm-hmm. we deal with it on the same. So Brian sounds like Ryan. I get it. Actually, no, Brian sounds way better than Ryan because Ryan, <laughs> Ryan doesn't Ryan, handle 90% of that. No. Ryan's on the flip side. I got about 10% of it right. Yes, the, the rest of the true. 90% is a little bit if of a I sketchy thing. If I ask you, though, you'll do the things. It's just, I think, as you a tell mom. tell me what to do, I'll do it. But it's hard to micromanage your family. Right. Right? Like, oh. I just want you to know. To do those things, right? That's just not going to happen. Anyway, I but feel thank you. you. Love it. All right, so make let, a checklist for the last time. I like, I like <laughs> yeah. the checklist. I think the checklist is a great thing. And if you were to provide me with a checklist, I guarantee you it all be done. I will be freaking making one. I don't want It'll you to. It'll be humongous. I don't tomorrow. want you to. I'm blaming. But if you brought one in, I'll, I will do this. You can blame Carolyn. So, Carolyn, let's let's get into the into the podcast. Let's get into the top the subject matter. And when this came across our desk, um, I'll be honest. 
It's a subject matter that I did not know how to approach. Your first reaction was like, My very first reaction was, oh, do we talk about this? And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Why wouldn't we talk about this? Yeah. Why why is it such a hush-hush topic? Why is it taboo? Why are people not able to talk about this? And, And for a man who doesn't experience this, but often experiences this, why do we feel so uncomfortable broaching this subject? Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, you have like totally hit the nail on the head. So thank you for being honest about that because your experience, um, as a couple who I don't believe I shouldn't assume have experienced sort of challenges with fertility. Yeah. Nothing. Um, so if it's making you uncomfortable, it makes the one in six Canadians who are struggling with this uber uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Number one, you know, you've got these young, for, mo- for the most part, you think of fertility challenges, you're a young couple, typically heterosexual, heterosexual couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you know, society starts telling you, get an education, get a job, get married, buy a house, get settled, have, babies. have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of people do that. That's the path um, or something along that line. And then whammo, there's like an issue. And typically people aren't finding out about this issue until they're sort of in their early thirties when they're mm-hmm. starting to have kids yeah. and starting to try to have kids. Um, and it comes as huge shock. Um, and from personal experience, so I'm a patient, we had male factor infertility. So mm-hmm. the issue with our, us was my, I was actually my husband, Brian, um, and we had no idea. Mm-hmm. And so you find out, you're like, you're not getting pregnant. You're not getting pregnant. You go to the doctor and they're like, you're never going to have kids without intervention right it's like major blow yeah to because you typically aren't expecting it no um so one of the challenges is that it brings people into the bedroom and i know your show is all about like relationships sex Mm -hmm. kids and so you're very open as a couple but lots of people aren't Mm -hmm. and so when there's an issue when for women especially it's sort of a Um, an issue with like, what's wrong with me? Like there's the maternal instinct for lots of people, for lots of women to have a child. And for men, a lot of times they relate it to like their sexuality or their set, like ability to have sex. Mm. Um, And so they experience it a little bit differently sometimes than females. Like Um, an ego type thing. mm -hmm. It would be emasculating. I I could see that for sure. Absolutely. And what's really interesting is that, you know, if people hear about fertility challenges and Ryan, maybe, I don't know, or both of you, I don't know if this is um, your experience or what you would initially thought when you saw this come through your inbox was like, if you think about infertility or fertility challenges, a lot of people automatically assume issue with the female, Mm -hmm. but that's not the case. Like a third of the time it's the female and a third of the time it's the male. Like they're equally it's equally balanced between male issue and female issue. And then the other third of the time is either unknown or a combination of both. So doctors either can't figure out exactly what's wrong or it's a combo of both male and female Mm -hmm. fertility factors. So, Hey, Ryan. Yes. You stink. Um, okay. I stink too. Don't worry. Everyone actually stinks and it's normal to have body odor just in case you needed a reminder. Okay. Thank you for that. But, The best part is you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. 
And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Stay fresh, everyone. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit good vibes with an S juice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with good vibes juice. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks? What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. Um, wow. When you were saying, I didn't know that at all. When you're saying um, that, you know, you have this like sequential lineup of what you're supposed to do. And I mean, I know that we were, we didn't, I mean, we had Riley before we were married and it was kind of like, well, I'm going to have But you have this plan. And then when your plan doesn't go accordingly, according plan. yeah, it's a little oh. scary. And, and you're right. Like you said, I think every girl who knows that she wants to have babies, a woman, mm-hmm. she you just automatically assume that it's going to be totally fine. And mm-hmm. 
I feel like today though, women are having babies later than they used to, which I think, I mean, I could be pulling this out of my ass, but I think that as you get older, the infertility I becomes- I think you are pulling this out uh, of no, your I ass. No, I think I read this somewhere. No. Mm. Shut up. got something here. I think that <laughs> the, the, the infertility becomes more of a conversation the older you get. So- I think that the experience is becoming more talked about because that is, is what's happening more. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. I think I, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And what's happening is, so, you know, for women, their fertility for the win. rate, yes. <laughs> your fertility rate is actually tied to your age, wow. which is not really fair because no. sort of after age 35, 36, 37, mm-hmm. there is a drastic decline in your ability to conceive mm-hmm. in any given month. And when you think about really starting to try to have your family, like 30, 31, like in around yeah. there on average, right? Um, it's not that far off. No. Um, and we see a significant decrease. Um, males don't, ex- they do experience a decline in fertility, mm-hmm. uh, but not at the same rate, uh, of course, as females. So it's a little bit unfair. I think that the pressure, like that's where the pressure is coming from too, because there actually is a timer ticking. Yeah. Right. And people and are like, so when you I'll wait, that- I'll wait. But you like, you can't or you're risking. You can't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And, you know, we spend so much of our lives talking about, you know, when we're young teens, even in our, like our early and late, even into our late twenties, like don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, mm-hmm. avoid this pregnancy thing. But nobody ever has the conversation, whether that's in school or even like your family physician to say like, what are your family building plans? Like, right. do you have issues, you know, for females, if you have a long standing history of painful periods or right. um, maybe endometriosis or PCOS, like talking about what, how that can affect even STDs, how that can affect your future fertility, mm-hmm. those conversations don't really happen and they're really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, well, I was going to say it's funny, but there's nothing funny about it. It's, it's kind of ironic to a certain degree, a little Lennis Morissette-ish. Um, growing up, you're terrified yeah. of getting yeah. pregnant and you almost have it. I know for me, I have it like if I accidentally were to ejaculate, I'm going to be a father. Like anywhere uh-huh. near the V. Anywhere near the V, yeah. I'm near, going near. to be a father, guaranteed. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> to, to a point where the anxiety of like, did I get it out in time kind of thing happens. And then, you know, this is, you know, full disclosure, Brittany and I have not together had any issues with fertility mm-hmm. at all. To the opposite, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until my sister's our friends and then more of our friends and more of our friends started to have these experiences of not being able to get pregnant. And then when they got pregnant, losing their, losing their children, um, there's just, we we started getting like, I wouldn't say inundated by it, but it was just, Oh my God. Like then you also, I I think you also have, this isn't about people who don't have fertility issues at all, but then there's this weird um, silence where you almost, feel guilty for not mm-hmm. for for not, not having, having that problem issues. right and it's yeah, like absolutely it's a hard balance um it but I'm, I'm glad people are talking about it because then that that is the best way to really expose yeah. and learn yeah so you would you say that infertility is becoming a bigger issue or would you say mm-hmm. it's becoming more of a subject matter uh i'm gonna say a little bit of both so Infertility or fertility rates are definitely declining. So we've seen a drastic 
um, drop in women's fertility rates since the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and women are waiting longer, of course, to have their families. Um, and as a result, and they're also not finding partners till later in life. And so they've, they're, right. I hate to say aging out, but they're, they're getting to the upper limit sometimes before they find a life partner, um, of their fertility age, um, to have kids. And so that's becoming a challenge. Um, but also because of social media and people who have a voice. So not only people with, you know, they're, they're sharing on their own personal Facebook pages, but someone like Brittany with a, with a, with a platform Mm -hmm. to, you may not have experienced it, but people, who have experienced it and they're more influential, um, you know, during in social media, they can, by sharing their stories, Mm -hmm. it makes it okay. Because the reality is one in six of your friends or family will or have struggled. Yes. I would say it's, I would say it's way higher than one of six, way higher than one of six, shockingly way higher than one of six. I think I have one friend, literally one friend who hasn't had, fertility issues every single other one of my friends who have kids there has been fertility like that is crazy when you think about that um and i and i I think you know to to the point you're making with social media and people having a willingness to talk now like people with Mm -hmm. platforms having a willingness to talk it it does become more socially acceptable but like i know my mom and dad they lost their first child and it wasn't talked about. It Same. just, no. it simply was not talked about. So was, I honestly didn't even realize that my mom miscarried until I was like 20. Like wow. the first, maybe like, I didn't know that. Like I, and it's, you're right. It's a generational thing too, right? Like for them, it's like, no, like we don't yeah. speak about that. And you know, the thing for me and, and Brittany and I, um, you know, this is a, not really a couple's podcast, but we are a couple. So we talk about being a couple <laughs> are often. We, are we? we are. Yeah. I like you a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's a uh, level of empathy that I have, um, for, for families that are experiencing this, that mm-hmm. don't have an outlet because I look at my mom and I look at my dad and I look at your parents and I think, what, what would it have been like for them living in a household, experiencing this, not in a silo. Yeah. Like when yeah. they can't talk to people about it, they don't have resources to go to. They, it's it's this shame and this guilt and all of this pressure that they put on themselves. If you're yeah. a new relationship or a new marriage, this has got to be so taxing on you at you as a couple, mentally, physically, emotionally. I don't know how couples financially financially. Yes. Yeah, we haven't even got into yeah, the financial into, implications of that, that. But but what would you recommend for couples? Because I, there's dealing with the physical side of it, but I feel like a lot of people don't deal with the emotional or or mental side of it. So Ryan, you are for someone who is really uncomfortable with this potentially talking about this topic, you are like He lied. It. He lied. He yeah, was just totally being lied. like, I, don't know. I didn't lie. I just had to, I, I really <laughs> so wrapped my head around the subject matter. Yeah, you like- are, it's unbelievable. So um, research, you know, there's been a lot of research done and research out of Harvard yeah. um, shows that being diagnosed with an infertility issue or fertility challenge has the same impact on someone's mental health as a cancer diagnosis. Whoa. Wow. That makes mm-hmm. sense though. I feel yeah. like that's heavy. 
Yeah. And you know, when you're trying to get pregnant and it's month after month after month, so you're kind of going through this grieving process every 30 to 32 days or so, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so for people who are, do find themselves, you know, in this situation, don't wait to, to reach out for help. I mean, of course you can come to Fertility Matters. You've got support groups, but talk to a mental health expert and there are amazing reproductive counselors in Canada that do virtual appointments, um, that really understand a lot of the times they're patients themselves Mm -hmm. and they're psychologists or social workers who can help you walk through the process because, it really does affect uh, a couple's relationship. Yeah. Um, Trying. That there is a higher incidence of divorce with couples who experience infertility. In fact, mm. when we were diagnosed, it was out of the blue. And my husband and I were sort of at different times going through the different stages of the grieving process. Mm. And several times he sat me down and said, I will understand. We had been married for eight months, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, Maybe we should get a divorce because this isn't what you signed up for. Oh, wow. That's a good man. Yeah. That's a good good man. It was a conversation. And when I look back and when you're in it, like I didn't, I was, I would get angry at him for even saying that. But what looking back, like in his grieving process and my grieving process, um, and we didn't have, we found separate groups of people who had been, had gone through the, we, we sought people outside of our relationship right. who experienced this, which was really helpful right. because a lot of times I was angry with him and he was really sad or, or vice versa. Yeah. So sometimes you need to kind of seek help outside of your relationship yeah. um, if you can, because it's super helpful to talk to other people who have experienced. Now, would you, thing. would you suggest um, like if a couple is, is going through this, would you suggest mm-hmm. um, them, reaching out separately and having conversations on their own first, or would you suggest, you know, talking to somebody at the same time? Like, is there, is there a difference? Do you think that it helped? Like, cause I'm sure like any therapy session, if you're going to couples counseling or anything, there's only so much you say in front of your partner, if you're having an mm-hmm. issue. So maybe yeah. would it be beneficial for you to go separately first? So you can kind of just like barf it out and then have somebody who has professionally trained to digest it and then regurgitate this is going in a weird way regurgitate it I'm just like and regurgitate it back and then have a have a discussion do you know what I'm saying like does that make sense yeah absolutely you know I think it probably depends on the couple yeah um you know there are times I hear we have lots of patients who we've talked to who have gone as couples to counseling together um and lots of times it's one partner who wants the counseling and the other one is totally closed off. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you get to a point, you know, where you may find out that you need, um, in order for you to move forward with this family building journey, you might need an egg sperm or embryo donor. Right. And like what happens at that point and is, you know, if you need a sperm donor, is the male partner open to that right. conversation? And sometimes it's a process to kind of get to a place where you're both comfortable. So I think it really depends on, the couple on who, yeah, the relationship and the, and the couple and how comfortable they are. People are not equipped for communicating mm-hmm. inside this space. It's not a, it's not a conversation that occurs on a, on a regular basis. So I want to make sure that we, we hit this home that if you are going through this, 
it's one thing to communicate. It's another thing to communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you don't have the tools in your toolbox to have a conversation, a constructive conversation, a conversation around this, there is absolutely positively nothing wrong with seeking professional guidance. Yeah. This is probably absolutely. a good way, a good, oh, sorry, a good, um, time to like, what are the services that you guys could offer? Like say I'm going through infertility, I come to you, what are the options? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, so as a charity, all of our services are free for patients. So we work really hard to ensure that we have the resources available. So we have online support groups that patients, they're all Facebook based. Mm -hmm. So depending on the province you live in, you can join them for free, connect with other patients. Um, provincially we have virtual online peer-led support group meetings so you can meet talk you don't have to talk you can just show right. up and listen in a zoom call with your video off just to feel connected to a community mm-hmm. um, we do weekly we have a weekly uh, series where we talk to fertility experts across canada called figuring out fertility so i interview experts on a variety of topics and patients can engage with these experts in real time Mm. and have their questions answered. That's been a huge support. Um, And we also have a really cool thing uh, where patients write their fertility journey for us in this fertility spotlight series. And they share their journey in their own words. And we publish it on our website and share it through our social media. Um, People have said it's really um, therapeutic for them. They'll send us updates if they end up having a successful pregnancy um, or birth. So it's, so those are some of the things and the ways that patients can connect. That sounds like it would be um, very empowering to write that down, mm-hmm. even if it's if it doesn't lead to the end goal. But to have that out on paper, it's empowering to be like, this is my story. Absolutely. And, and I-, I love that you, you started off by saying it's free. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the reason I love that, obviously, because free is good. Um, but I, and I don't know enough about this subject matter, so I'm hoping that you can put some words around this for us. But I do know that um, some people very close to me and and to Brittany have gone through this and it's very costly. Like bananas. It is crazy. So the average cost of an IVF cycle. So there's lots of different, you know, if you have a fertility challenge, you know, it doesn't mean you're ultimately, like you have to go to IVF, which is in vitro fertilization, which most people have heard of Mm -hmm. at, at some level. Um, which is costly. Um, you know, it might be, you might do an intrauterine insemination. Um, you might just have some hormone changes when you're working with your physician or your primary healthcare or reproductive specialist. Um, but if you have to move on to IVF, which in a lot of cases that is, um, for us, that's what we had to do. The average cost of a cycle with medication in Canada is $20,000 upfront. Oh my God. Upfront. Mm-hmm. Now, is the go- does the government cover any of that? No. Well, so healthcare in Canada, so this is really interesting. Healthcare in Canada, we, we is provided provincially. Mm-hmm. So all of the provinces are responsible for providing healthcare. And there are five provinces in Canada who do provide some financial assistance. Ontario is one of them, Manitoba, Quebec, New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island. Mm. Um, and all of the programs look a little bit different. What's interesting is we live in Canada where we provide healthcare for free for all Canadians for disease yeah. and illness. And the World Health Organization recognizes infertility as a disease. Mm. So we don't treat it that way in Canada. And what? so we advocate as an organization and we work with provincial advocacy groups to say, like, this is 
important. We yeah. have a declining birth rate in Canada. Our population is declining and we need to support patients um, and anybody um, who needs to grow their family. So yeah. in Ontario, you can get a fully funded cycle, which is very helpful. Mm-hmm through the government, the wait lists can be a little bit longer. You know, if you're in, I'm in New Brunswick, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, our wait times just to get an initial appointment with a fertility specialist, it's about 18 months. Jesus. Wow. Oh my God. And a lot of times you've already been trying for a year or two. So let me ask you this question from a government standpoint, because you're, you're tied in, like you're, you're locked into this is, Mm -hmm. is the perspective of the government that birth is a choice? That, that having a child is a choice and that's why it's not de- deemed a disease. Like what, what's, like what's the mentality behind that? Yeah, it makes no sense mm-hmm. if they're... Well, we don't have a national fertility strategy in Canada and we hope to get to that point in the next several years, which would be amazing um, to kind of have our federal government say, this is important and we're going to mandate, you know, mm-hmm. um, something to help support this. Um, I don't think necessarily that I, I, it may depend on the government and the individual. I mean, I know there's lots of people um, who say, you know, having a child is, a, is not your right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go at, there's lots of things, go adopt, just adopt, relax, yeah. go on vacation. Like Ugh. it's fine and dandy for people to say those things, but that's not a reality and it's more hurtful. Absolutely. And you know, adds more insensitive, more stress and yeah, exactly. And you know, we also have to remember that we've talked a lot tonight about, um, the, you know, heterosexual couples with a medical infertility diagnosis, but you have to remember that we have a huge community of LGBTQ members who, if they want to build a family also need to access care for sure, you know, or there may be a single person, a single woman, a single man who uh, wants to go on and have a family. And as an organization, we certainly support them growing their families. And of course, they would need to likely access fertility care as well. And so yeah. we advocate for them to also get this access. As someone, as a male who cannot experience that physically, what's going on, um, and as a couple who have not experienced it uh, ourselves, what advice would you give to an individual who is trying to be a support network for someone going mm-hmm. through this? Good question. What do they what what can we say? What can we do? What can we what can we provide for them outside of trying to come to some sort of it's going to be okay, go on vacation without, and without relax. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'll be right. honest, that's that I guarantee you I have said that to someone. What just just relax. Don't make it so pre- pressure filled. I think it's just because you're filling the silence and you want that surface like you don't know what to say because you're so afraid you're going to poke something and be offensive that people just go there. And you want to be supportive yeah. of your friends you want to say, okay, like, so one thing that, you know, if you haven't experienced this, one of the things you can say is, listen, I am here for you. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I've not experienced this, but you can tell me like, how can I help you through this? Mm -hmm. You know, do we need to go, you know, for, it's hard now because we're in sort of lockdown, but like, do we do a virtual wine? Do we connect once a week on the phone or a zoom call? Um, try to avoid the, you know, if I, if I had a penny for every, a dollar for every time someone said, my friend adopted, my friend's mm. sister's husband's cousin adopted, right. and then she got pregnant right away. Like, yeah. 
those types of those things aren't necessarily helpful. It's like toxic positivity pressure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just say like, I don't, I want to be here for you. Um, tell me how I can be helpful. Throw it back to them. Um, and I'm here to listen, even if it's just, you know, to have a, a drink and, and, and talk about how you're feeling or. Yes. Have you ever seen the handmaid's tale? Yes. Like, hearing about the numbers in Canada, just like the fertility, like the infertility is like, I think that's why that show is just really like powerful and hard to watch because I feel like it's not far off. Well, hopefully not far off our world, but it's a powerful, powerful show um, Mm -hmm. that, that has infertility in so much of it, but I don't think people even engraved in that story. People don't really even realize that message when they're watching it because it's such a like drama filled show, but it is a huge part of that show. Um, and then my second thing isn't, well, I guess it is a question, but if people want to find you, could you Mm -hmm. give us your socials, your, anything that you want, um, to put out there for our community and our listeners, please tell us. Thank you. So you can find us on all of the social platforms on Instagram. We are at fertility underscore Canada and our website is fertilitymatters.ca and uh, on Facebook again, fertility matters, Canada and and all of our, um, you can connect with us through any one of those locations and we'll be there to support you reach out. Uh, likely if you're reaching out, it is me who is responding. So Perfect. Um, if you felt a connection with me here today, I'll. Yes. I'll, and then um, infertility weeks coming up, right? Yeah. So Canadian infertility awareness week happens every year. It's a initiative out of our office. Uh, it's April 18th to the 24th. And the whole idea is that we want to raise awareness and education and information and provide support. So not only patients, Uh, feel empowered by connecting with all kinds of different people in the fertility community, but they might feel that they can um, be a little more vocal about their own challenges, whether that's with one friend or through a social media post or by writing a letter to their employer and asking their employer Mm -hmm. to consider having more comprehensive fertility benefits as part of their healthcare package Mm -hmm. at work. Um, so we provide all of that information with experts and hopefully uh, some advocacy for more equal access to care across this country. Perfect. Now, last question, and I promise I'll let you go. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. You said this is a charity. Now, I didn't realize it was a charity. How do people support the charity? Wow. Thank you, Ryan, so much for asking. Uh, so, yeah, we are a charity and all of our work, 94% of the revenue that we have goes directly back into patient programming. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you want to support us with an individual donation or corporate donation, um, you can find us on fertilitymatters.ca and we have a a donate button there. And if you want to get more information, you can always reach out to me directly. Perfect. I'm going to make a request that you send us that information and we're going to put that on our website. Okay. Thanks Ryan. Carolyn, thank you so much for your time. um, Your willingness to just share this openly and, um, and open up a conversation so that this is a conversation is so greatly appreciated. So thank you for reaching out to us and thank you for being here tonight. Thank you both. And thank you for using your platform to help support all of the people who follow you and your friends and family who are experiencing it. And this will certainly make uh, the difference in a lot of people's lives. Appreciate, really awesome. appreciate it. Our thank absolute you. pleasure. Have a wonderful night. Have a great night. Have a great night. Bye. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you.
Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists. Owners of The Therapy Group. And hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.